Progressive presents Forced Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations.
for another day, another week that we're in and that he has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in this day because we know that God is the author and finisher of our faith. We know that God is here to help us, to be with us, to encourage us, to talk to us. We trust God. We believe what God has spoken over our lives into us, and we thank him for every word. We believe God. So today we're going to go into Jesus revealing himself to us, revealing his will to us, because so many times we pray and we say, God, what is your will? What is my destiny? What is my purpose? Who am I to marry? What church am I to go to? What job am I to have? We ask so many questions, but somehow we begin to feel empty inside. We begin to feel like God has forgotten us. But we know that God would never bring us this far just to leave us. We know that God would never tell us something and then drop us off at the corner and say that is it. We know that God is faithful according to all his promises. But when our flesh begins to get in the way, that's when we begin to question the God that we serve, the God that we've trusted so many years in our lives, the God that we know is able to do all things. So let us go before the Lord in prayer, trusting that he will encourage our hearts today, trusting that he will speak to us today. Father, we thank you right now, O oh God, we give your name praise, glory, and honor. We magnify you today, God. Today, O oh God, we need a word from you. Today, God, we need directions. We need revelations. We need prophecies. God, we need you to speak to us today, O oh God. We don't need to depend on man. We don't need to depend on the atmosphere around us, what we see and what we hear, God, but we need to hear from you, God. So today we've set aside time just for you, O oh God, that we may hear what you're saying in heaven, God, because we want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, God. Father, we surrender ourselves to you, not just with our words, Lord God, but in our heart we surrender the situation to you. We surrender ourselves to you today, Lord God. Father, we need you to give us a breakthrough. We need you to give us revelation, Holy Spirit. Come now, O oh God, and speak. For God, we need you today. We love you, God. We worship you and we honor you, O oh God. But God, reveal yourself to us today. We need you, God. We need you, God. We need you, Lord. We need you. Hallelujah. We need you, O oh God. We thank you today, God, because we know that you would reveal yourself to us. We give your name praise. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. There is an excitement in the air about what God wants to do in our lives. And we have a little bit of excitement and we have a little bit of apprehension because we don't know what he wants to do. We don't understand where he's going because it doesn't look familiar to us. So therefore, we begin to hesitate and hold back on God. I do thank all of my listeners for joining in weekly to hear the word of God and hear the truth of what God is saying. If there are any prayer requests, I do thank those who have emailed at destinytalk at uh, yahoo.com, destinytalkshow at yahoo.com um, for the many prayer requests, for the many communications that have gone forth. I thank God for those that listen in and those that listen to the archived, I pray that God continue to strengthen you as we encourage each other, as we get revelation for each other. I do thank you for all of your support. So we go into the Word of God, and we look at John 16 and 13. But when he, the Spirit of truth, come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. 
So when the enemy comes to us and tells us that we don't know what tomorrow will bring, we need to go to this scripture and begin to say, yes, I do, because the Holy Spirit will tell me what is yet to come. We are not in the dark. We are not set aside and one day God would reveal. He said to call upon him and he will show us things that we do not know. When things happen in our lives and we don't understand what it is, God is saying the Holy Spirit is there to reveal to us those things that are to come. So we don't have to walk with blinders on. We don't have to walk saying, I don't know about my salvation. I don't know about my anointing. I don't know about the word of God. Because he's letting us know in John 16, you do know, because as long as the Holy Spirit know, you know. And all we have to do is seek the face of God in order to know. So he's letting us know that there's no excuse for why we don't know and why it has not been revealed to us. Because God is a God of promises. He's a God of commitment. He's a God of covenant. So whatever we're searching for in God today, allow the Holy Spirit to tell you what is yet to come. And we do that by meditating on the word of God. We do that by casting out fear, casting out our own desires. Because when we battle in the mind, it hinders the answer. It hinders the revelation. So when we go down in prayer and we begin to limit the, the, the revelation of the Holy Spirit, then we, don't, we come back up saying, why didn't you answer me, God? And he's saying, I did answer you. It's blocked because of the fact that your opinions and your visions and your thoughts have clouded out the truth. So you are the one that's allowing the truth to be hidden from you because you have allowed your thoughts and your fears and your anxieties to overshadow what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. So our answer, our prayers are answered. God has promised us that when we call upon him, he would answer us and give us the desires of our heart. So we have to go to God with a clear mind. We have to go before God saying, I release everything unto you, God, because I know that if I go down in prayer thinking my own way, I'm going to block the answer that you have for me. And as we go into um, Acts 10, we see that God began to show Peter a vision. And we will see how things can become a little bit um, not clear to us when we have our own understanding. It says that about uh, 10 and 9, about noon the following day as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down on earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles on the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure and unclean. The voice speaks a second time. Then it speaks a third time. Then in 17 it says, while Peter was yet wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon was known who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Don't, do not hesitate to go with him, for I have sent them. Now here we have Peter, and he's getting this vision from the Lord, and he's, it's like an open vision that God is showing him. He's letting down the sheet before him, and he's saying, okay, now get up and eat. And he's saying, no, Lord, I don't eat those things that are unpure, unclean, because he knew the Mosaic law. He knew that he was under a covenant of law of what he should and should not eat. And God said no. He told him three times, no, get up, kill, and eat. Now he's telling God no. And when we go down in prayer and God says, this is what I want you to do, and you say, but God, that goes against what I believe or what I understand in your word, and the Holy Spirit is saying, this is the way I want you to go. This is the way 
that your blessing is. And we began to limit God because we, we've read something or we've understood something or we've heard something, and we stop it right there. We block the blessing because of our own limited understanding of the word of God. But when we read the word of God and we allow the Holy Spirit to come and give us his revelation, because the Bible lets us know in Matthew 10 and 26, it says, So do not be afraid of them, for nothing is concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. Now the Holy Spirit only speaks of what God tells him. So now the, the Holy Spirit is speaking to Peter, and he's telling him, kill, go and eat. This is what God is saying through the Holy Spirit, and he's saying no. And so many times God directs us into a direction, and because we don't understand it, we'll tell God no. That must have been the devil talking to me. That must have been my own conscience talking to me. But we have to get a revelation from the Holy Spirit through the word of God that when God is directing us into an unknown place, that we know it is the voice of God speaking to us because we will try, we will almost miss the blessing if we do not pay attention in the spirit realm because we're trying to understand God in the natural. So Peter said, no, God, because I know Moses' law. I know what you've commanded him to teach through generation to generation. I've caught a hold of that vision, and I know what you're showing me is not what I should be eating. And I've never done it, and I'm not doing it now because I'm standing on religion, because I'm standing on hearsay, because I'm standing on my own interpretation of what you will and will not allow. But with the covenant of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the new covenant, God is saying take and eat because now through the blood of Jesus it has been purified. So we have to allow ourselves to be ministered to through the Holy Spirit that when he say kill and eat, we kill and eat. And that we trust God enough to know that he's not going to lead and guide and direct us in the wrong direction. So when God begins and wants to reveal himself to us, we can't allow ourselves to be hindered by our own understanding. We can't allow ourselves to be hindered by what we know that we may think God is saying or not saying. But when we say to God, no, I can't do that. That's not the road that I was thinking about taking. That's not the place where I was thinking about going. We're saying no to our own blessing. But yet we want to cast the devil out. But it's we who are hindering our own selves. Now, later on, Peter, as we read, he was getting a little confused about it. He was like, but the Bible says this and the word of God says that. But then I get a vision that tells me to do this. And he sat there confused. A man of God sitting there saying to himself, what in the world? How is this so? So when we get to that place in God where we feel we know, that's when we really need to surrender the situation over to God because you don't know. The things that are of heaven we don't understand unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to us. Our minds cannot comprehend the kingdom of God. It wasn't equipped, it wasn't made to do so, so we have to stop trying to do it. But when you don't understand the direction that God is taking you in, allow the Holy Spirit to show it to you. Because it may be a direction that you haven't even thought about. You haven't even comprehended to understand that that was even in God's plan for your life. He didn't just think it up as soon as you say, God, reveal your will to me. No, it was in your plan even before the creation of you. He had already planned that this was going to be. He just needed you to ask him so he could reveal it to you. He's not asking us to fight against it. He's not asking us to go against his word because that would be going against him. But he's asking us to trust him enough to know that wherever he's taking us, whatever he's doing, it's going to complete where we need to be in him. We're looking at the flesh and we're saying, this is where I need to be by this time. This is where I need to be doing by that time. And we have set out a plan without prayer. 
we have set out a plan without the Holy Spirit. So now that plan gets all discombobulated, and now we confused like Peter was, and we talking about, God, you're showing me a dream of this, but this is what I see, and you're showing me, and he's like, I don't want you to trust in your own understanding. Lean not unto thine own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. Not just when they're bad, not just when you don't understand, but in all your ways Seek the face of the Holy Spirit. So as we go down, we we begin to understand that Peter actually submitted to the will of God and said, you know what, not my will. I don't understand why I'm going against what I've been taught, but God, thy will be done. So when he yields to the Spirit of God, he begins to find out that he had a whole Gentile group of people that he needed to cross over and minister to which you wouldn't even put those two in the same room together. So we have to realize that it is for the kingdom of God that he tells us to do things. It is for the growth and the purpose of the kingdom. It's not about you. It's not about what you understand and what you don't understand. It's about the kingdom. So when the Holy Spirit reveals to us through dreams, through prophecies, through whatever he's trying to get us to understand, we have to understand that the Holy Spirit only speaks what God tells him. He tells us, and we act it out in obedience and through faith. Now, we have to have a relationship with God in order for this to take place. We have to know the voice of God in order for this to be secured. Now, Peter had a relationship with God. So when God spoke, he was able to move on it. Even if he had a question, he still trusted the God that he served. Can we honestly say to ourselves, without a doubt, that when God speaks, because I spend time with him, I will follow even when I don't understand. When God speaks through my worship time to me, I'm going to say, I don't understand, God, but thy will be done. Because the Bible lets us know that thy will be done on earth even as it is in heaven. So God is not going to take you away from the heavenly plan. He's just not going to derail you like that. That's not the God that we serve. So when you get a plan from God and you don't understand it, the Bible lets us know in Habakkuk to write it down. Write the vision down that you don't understand, and then go to God and seek his face for the revelation of it. Because that is what's going to draw us closer to God, is getting the revelation. Once we get the revelation, we feel solid in what God has told us. Peter felt solid with what God said, so he moved and he acted upon it. But when we don't have a relationship with God, we put it to the side and say, we'll do it later. Because it's not a priority for us. We want our, our plans and, and visions to be priority over what the heavens want us to do because we don't understand it. And if no one else in our, in our environment, in our group, can tell us what God meant when he gave us the dream or if they can't complete the prophecy, we put it to the side and say, well, I'll figure, you know, maybe it'll come, come later on. But God is saying, no, it is for an appointed time, but I need you to start seeking me now to find out when that appointed time is because whatever is hidden will be revealed to you, and whatever you need to know will be told to you when you ask. So there's nothing that is hidden from you that God will not reveal to you. So you may be saying to yourself and questioning yourself, saying, God, where are you? Why haven't you answered me? Why haven't I gotten married yet? Why don't I have a job yet? Why don't I have this yet, God? I'm holding on to your promises. I'm doing my tithes and offering. I'm doing this. I'm working in the church. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing. But it's not about the doing that impresses God. It's about the time and the quality spent with him. That is what moves God. The other stuff is your reasonable service. That's the extra stuff you do to keep your salvation, to keep you focused on God. That helps you in your growth in Christ. But the foundation of it is the relationship that we must have 
with God for him to reveal things to us and then for us to actually act upon them and trust that he is speaking to us. How do we know God is speaking to us? It's by the time that you spend with him. You know how God reacts to you and you interact with him. No one else can tell you that. We can give you advice. We can give you our opinion. But the solid of it is it comes from the Holy Spirit. Now, when you can say, the Holy Spirit said to me, that's your solid right there. But when you say, I think, or I don't know, then that means you need to go back and and get some more information because you're going to go in the wrong direction. Peter knew this was God. He just wanted to know what in the world was going on because he's sticking to the Bible. Now all of a sudden the script has changed on him. But God is saying, what I've called, that is what you do. You don't call clean and unclean. You are not the one that dictates that stuff. That's on God. So when you don't understand, you don't say to God, you know what, I don't understand, so I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. You say to God, thy will be done. Because I know your voice, because I have a relationship with you, I know that you've spoke these words to me. So Peter went and he did what God told him to do, and even he was shocked at the end result by speaking to the Gentiles. That was not on his plan was to speak to the Gentiles. He didn't know what it was, but he he definitely didn't think that was it. So sometimes when God wants to speak to us, it's way out of what we thought God was going to tell us to do. It's way out of what we thought that things were going to happen. And we're like, how did I end up here? I would have never seen myself speaking to the masses of people about the word of God. I would have never seen God using me in the way that he's using me. I would have never seen God have me to marry a Boaz. I would have never seen God tell me that I own my business instead of of, of working Those are the things that God wants to reveal to us where we need to be. Because to us, in our own thinking, we look at how far our vision in the flesh can see. So when he began to minister to the Gentiles, it even surprised him. And I'm quite sure when he finished, he was like really excited and pumped up because this was not something normal. And because he trusted God, it came out to be a faithful act. And that's what God wants from us. He wants us to to trust him enough that this is going to be a faithful act that he's going to do in our lives. So when we seek the, the face of God this week, let us turn our face to the wall and say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Peter almost allowed the distractions of what he thought hinder him from getting to where God needed him to be. How many times in our lives that somebody is getting on our nerves and that becomes our focal point instead of the mission that we had before we met that person or before that person started talking crazy? How many times have we been on point and on focus and on task and then here come a distraction that the devil just throws into the loop of our of our focus And now that becomes our focus instead of Jesus. And now we're all off task and we're we're thinking we just don't, we can't do it and all this other stuff only because we got off task. It wasn't God that took us off task, but we allowed ourselves to get off task. Even if we look at Esther, the story of Esther, and when Mordecai went to her and he said, this is what's going on and this is what you need to do. And she said, but I don't know if I can go before the king. Because it's not my time. Now, Mordecai was looking at the spiritual of it. He wasn't looking at the fact of whether you're going to die or live if you go and see the king. I need you to focus here, girl. And when she caught it and she said, wait a minute, yeah, he's right. She got caught up and distracted in everything of, of being the queen and smelling good and, and, and being around all these beautiful women and she was beautiful that she got caught up, but she missed the point of the vision that God even placed her there to do. And Mordecai had to kind of slap her around a little bit and say, hey, wait a minute. How do you know that God didn't put you here for this time, for this moment? 
And when she finally caught it in the spirit realm, she grabbed it, and she she said to herself, you know what, let us fast and pray, because I know that's where the breakthrough is coming from. So how many times do we get distracted from the mission, from the vision, because of the distractions around us? You know, we're about to get married, and then we hear all the gossip. We get caught up in the gossip instead of in us getting married because God has blessed us with this person. We got to stop. Let the gossip go. It's going to go when, before you get married, after you get married, during your marriage. That's not God's focus. God's focus is get married. God's focus is this is the person I've given to you. This is the job I've given to you. This is the house, the car, the anointing, whatever it is, he's saying stay focused on what I've done, what I'm doing. The distractions are going to come. When Jesus was preparing for his ministry, the devil came and tried to distract him. And he said, oh, it's written. It is written. It is written. And that's what he gave us as an example of. When the enemy comes, it is written, devil, no. I'm not going to be distracted because of gossip. I'm not going to be distracted because I can't preach today. I'm not going to be distracted because I might have to wait a little longer to get married or I might have to wait to get a car or a job. I'm not going to be distracted by people telling me what I don't have. But I'm going to focus on what God has promised me will come to me, what God has revealed to me. That's what the will of God is, that we stay focused on what he has revealed, not what the devil is pushing at us. And that's what Peter did, and that's what Esther did. You have to stay focused on the vision. And that's why he tells us in Habakkuk, write that vision down and make it plain. Allow the Holy Spirit to make it plain to us. Because when we write it down, we can put it on our walls, we can put it in our car. It could be wherever we want it to be, and we're focused. We're constantly focused. Okay, today I need to find X, apply for X amount of jobs. Today I need to do this. Hey, you want to come to lunch with me? Hey, you want to? And no, I, I, I've already planned out my day. This is what I need to do. This is what God has revealed to me I need to do. Now, after that, we can go to lunch or we can go and hang out and whatever. But we have to stay focused on the on the task at hand. We cannot get distracted by our own thoughts, our own religious practices. We can't. We just can't. Esther almost got caught up in it. Peter almost got caught up in it. But they they went back into the spirit realm and said, oh, yeah, the Holy Spirit did tell me that I needed to do this and that I needed to be educated on this. So whatever it is we're going through today, whatever it is we're saying to God, reveal your will to me. And we're saying to God, I don't know what to do. And we're crying with tears. We're crying in distress. It's because we have lost our focus. It's because we don't have a vision that we begin to cry and get depressed. And we don't know what we should do. It's because of lack of focus and vision. Because when we stay focused, Whatever God has revealed to us is still there waiting for us to get our focus back. It's still waiting for us to be fulfilled. So when you wake up and you say to yourself, today I'm going to be on task, today I'm going to be focused, God, this is what you told me I needed to do, so okay, these are the things that I'm thinking about doing today. Holy Spirit, direct me. Tell me what I need to do according to what you've shown me. If I need to write a book, Holy Spirit, okay, where do I start? What do I do? How do, how do I get motivated? Direct me into that area Okay, I'm looking for a job Where do I go? What is the plan of God for what I need to do Today, to make it happen today And then tomorrow, the same thing The next day, you're staying on task You're staying focused But when Peter begins to say, "Uh uh-uh That's not in the word You can't tell me to eat something that's unclean I never have and I never will We're saying to God What your plans are and what you've revealed to me Is not going to work Because I know the truth I know the truth I don't care if you wrote the truth. I don't care if you are the truth. I know the truth. Okay? So, yeah, come to me when you don't want to know the truth, God, because I'm it. And then Peter had to really think about this thing and say, okay, even though I'm confused and even though these guys are down there looking for me, I need to go figure out what God is saying to me because right now I'm a little bit lost. So get back on task. Get back on focus. Don't allow the distractions around you 
to take you away from the revelation of what God has already shown you. It's not that you're waiting for the revelation. He's already given it to you. You just got off task. You've gotten, um, you've lost the focus. You, Because it's taking so long, you're beginning to get drained. You're beginning to feel like it's not going to happen. But God is saying, that's my promise. I'm not man. I don't just drop stuff and go pick up something else. And, and No, what I've shown you, that's it. It's going to happen. You just have to stay focused in order for it to happen. So we have to do our part in order to make it happen. So when God has shown you and he's taken you to a certain point, and then here come all the distractions, get them out of your way. Ignore them as if they're not even there. Because when you argue back with your distractions, now you've become a part of a problem instead of a solution. When you indulge in the conversation of your distractions, now you're getting yourself off task. Now you don't know which way to go because you allowed yourself to get out of the way of what God is telling you to do. And now you're trying to get back on task, and it's hard because you've heard the voices of negativity, you've thought the thoughts of negativity, you've got negativity all around you that is not going to happen. How do you pick yourself up from that to get back on task to the revelation that God has given to you? Only through the Holy Spirit is because you've got to fight those demonic forces that you have allowed to get into your own situation. So when we say to God, reveal your will to me, what is it, God, that you want me to do? You have to be ready for that answer. You have to be ready to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you exactly what that is. And you have to be able to say, not my will, but thy will be done. When Jesus said it, he meant it because he lost task for a second because he saw all that they were about to do to him and, and said his, his sweat dripped as blood because he was like, oh, my goodness. But then he had to get back on task, and he said, okay, but thy will be done, even though I see what's about to happen. Well, we can't see it without the Holy Spirit revealing it to us. And when he reveals it to us, please believe that the enemy is coming to try to put some punches into it. And you have to be able to stay on task. Can we honestly say that we are ready for the will of God to be revealed to us, to where we're going to stay on task with that will. When you look at the prophets and you see that God called each of them in different ways, and God began to speak to them individually according to their own assignment, whether it be through death, whether it be through imprisonment, whether it be through people just talking about them, not accepting what they're doing, God said, this is your, your revelation of what you need to do. They accepted it, and they followed through on it. Are we willing to follow through on something that's going to bring us persecution, that's going to let us be unknown to people, that's going to let people not appreciate who we are? Because when God show us the glamour, we have to understand within ourselves that there's a cost for that. We have to understand within ourselves that what God is showing me is what he wants me to be. But the enemy is saying, I'm coming and I'm going to bring in depression. I'm going to bring in things that will persecute you. I'm going to bring in things that will make you unassured. I'm going to bring in things that are going to distract you. And you have to make a choice about staying on your road. Nobody can make you stay on the road, not even the Holy Spirit. That's a choice you make on your own. And you get off task, the Holy Spirit warns you and he convicts you before you get off. And it's up to you to say, okay, Holy Spirit, you're right, you're right, you're right, let me stop, let me stop. What she's saying to me doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, God. It hurts my feelings, but it doesn't matter. I got to stay focused, God. She's being mean or he's being mean to me, God, but I got to stay focused. Lord, Holy Spirit, thank you right now for just, just keeping me on task. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm listening to you. Give me more revelation. And the Holy Spirit will let you know she over there talking about you, but 
stay on task. Stay over there and they don't like you, but stay on task. They're going to try to set you up and they're going to try to put a, you know, do something to you, but stay on task. And that's what each prophet, each disciple had to do. No matter what was going on, the lies that were being told, the imprisonment, the, the everything, they had to stay on task. So when the revelation comes, do we throw it to the side because it's not what we wanted? Or do we say, God, nevertheless, thy will be done? Because God will protect you through the revelation. It's his project. It's his kingdom's project. So he's not going to show it to you and then allow the devil to just beat you up. No. He's going to show it to you and let you know he's protecting you and let you know that he got you through it. No matter how much you cry, no matter how much you don't understand, just follow the revelation that the Holy Spirit has revealed because he only speaks what God is telling him. The Holy Spirit is not telling you a what-if situation. He's not telling you maybe situation. He's saying this is what needs to be done by you, Esther. That's why God placed you in there, Esther, is because you are the one that needs to complete this on your job. Oh, I got to quit my job because I can't take this no more. This is ridiculous. But did the Holy Spirit reveal to you that it was time for you to go? Did the Holy Spirit reveal to you that the will of God was completed by you? Whatever it is you're supposed to be doing on that job, that's when it's time to go and not any time sooner because your task must be completed. That means you need to stay focused on your task. Esther had a time and a period where she enjoyed herself. She got prepped up, you know, to try to be a candidate for the for the queen. She she got prepped up and talked to the king and was like, oh, yeah, I can do this. And she got sidetracked for a minute, not even realizing all that stuff was going between, behind the scenes with Haman and how he was setting up her people. She didn't even see all of that because she was caught up in the in the rest of it. And it took God to use Mordecai to slap her and bring her back to life and say, hey, who's to say that God didn't put you in this place for this time for what's about to happen to your people? So God is saying to us, I put you in this place in this time because this is where the kingdom of God needs to grow through you. It's not comfortable. It's not what you want or what you think or what you believe, but it's for the kingdom. Because we feel that the blessings of God should be pleasure. The blessings of God should be, as we all quote, without sorrow. But there are blessings that come with sorrow, especially the ones that are upon your destiny especially the ones that concern your purpose, because the enemy doesn't want any of us on task with purpose and destiny, because he knows that we are building the kingdom of God through destiny and purpose. So when we say, God, what's my purpose? What's my destiny? You have to be able and willing to listen to the Holy Spirit because there is going to be a battle. Destiny is a battle because it's the kingdom of God. Your purpose is the kingdom of God. And all other things will be added unto you. So, what are we asking God today? What are our prayers today? Why are we seeking the face of God today? What's going on in our lives that we are saying to God, excuse me, I don't understand. God is saying, I've revealed it. I've shown you. And because the road was hard, you didn't want to do it. Excuse me. Okay, sorry, I had to get some water. And he's saying to us, 
I will not hide your destiny. I will not hide your purpose. But it has been revealed. And you know what it is. But you keep allowing yourself to get off task. Lord, they don't like me. Lord, they're not going to listen to me. Jesus could have used those same excuses. <clears throat> when they said to him, what, what good of anything can come out of where Jesus was from? So for even our Lord and Savior to be discredited by his own people, he stayed focused on the task at hand, which is the kingdom. And he's expecting us to stay focused and on task with what he's given to us. So you want the anointing, stay on task, because the distractions will come. So you want to be an intercessor and a prayer warrior, stay on task, because the distractions will come that will keep you away from praying. Whatever it is you're seeking the face of God for, he has revealed it, because he will not hide anything from us. So now you go into worship for the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the instructions. <clears throat> and we do, as Habakkuk says, and we write it down and we make it plain. We ask God to give us the revelation of what he's saying to us. What is it that we're saying to God, you haven't answered me? You haven't presented it to me yet, God. We're saying to God, I'm waiting on you. <clears throat> Excuse me. And God is saying, no, I'm waiting on you to stay on task. I'm waiting on you to get the distractions out of the way. Because when God reveals the task to you, as with Esther, it is for an appointed time. But he prepares us before that time comes, which is the enemy brings in the distractions, the false accusations, the gossip against us, being despised, being unliked, <clears throat> being persecuted. All of those things come before your appointed time. And you have to mature during all of that. You can't give up. You come too far to give up. You can't throw in the towel because you know you still got to complete it. So the best thing for us to do when we get the revelation is to now go into warfare mode, fight mode, prayer mode, worship mode, and stay focused. Well, so-and-so said this about you. Well, praise God. Is it true? Is what true? God knows the truth. We don't have to indulge in gossip and entertain stuff. We don't have to validate ourselves through people and explain our actions of what God has spoken to us through people. Because at the appointed time, they will see because God will reveal. But we always feel like we need to be validated by what God has spoken to us. When Peter heard, he questioned it to God. He didn't go to anybody that was in the kitchen cooking. He didn't go call up anyone else. He went to God and said, I don't understand. And the Holy Spirit said to him, Go down, because I've sent someone to meet you, to come and get you. And he said, okay. Esther didn't understand that her people were being attacked because she was caught up. But when the Holy Spirit spoke to her through Mordecai, she got back on task. 
So are we ready to get back on task today and write the vision and allow the Holy Spirit to make it plain? The Bible lets us know in Habakkuk, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. To us it is a delay. <clears throat> but we have to stay on task. So whatever it is God has revealed to you, and you threw it to the side because you didn't understand and nobody could explain it to you and there's no book that could open up your revelation, that's not where God wanted you to get that information from. He wanted you to spend time with him and worship so that the Holy Spirit can reveal to you things that are not a part of religion, but they are a part of the kingdom of God. We compare the vision with religion and it doesn't work out as what Peter did. But we have to compare the vision with the kingdom, with the word of God, with the Holy Spirit's revelation, and it works out just fine. We're limited to the understanding of what God is doing in our life. We don't understand it, and sometimes we don't like it. But he didn't ask for our approval. We said, God, thy will be done. And he said, okay, this is my will. And then we fight against that will. Let us surrender to God this week, that even if we don't like it and we don't understand it, we go to God and we say, allow the Holy Spirit to reveal it to me, God, because I want to do your will even though I don't understand. Even though there's persecution and gossip and, and backbiting going on, God, I still need to stay focused on your will because if I focus on what's being said about me and what gossip is being done, then I won't stay on task because now that is my focus trying to convince people that I am who I say I am, trying to convince people that you really did give me this vision, and I'm off task. My job is not to explain to you what God has told me to do. That's God's job. And if he doesn't reveal it to you, I still have to stay on task. I can't leave what God has told me to do to explain it to you. Like they tried to get Nehemiah to come down from the wall. Nehemiah said, I'm, I'm focused right now. I'm not coming down to entertain you and all that foolishness you got going on because he knew they meant him no good. But we insist upon coming down from the wall to explain why we're redoing this or we're doing this, and then we can't go back up on the wall until we get an assurance that the people around us understand why. And so now the wall is not being rebuilt because we're too busy down here explaining to people who don't know the vision. And God is saying, that's not what I told you to do. Your job is to pray that they catch the vision, but you are to stay focused on what you're working on. That's your revelation from God. <clears throat> that's who you are in Christ, is a strong warrior, a focused warrior for the Lord. Somebody who stays on task and not get distracted. Somebody who's on their job and says, today, God, what do you want me to do? I know they're going to talk about people. I know they're going to backbite about people. But, God, what's your purpose for me on this job? Because I'm ready to leave, but I need for you to open another door. And I know you're not going to open another door until this one closes. So let's complete whatever it is I need to do here so that I can move on. So we have to seek the face of God for our revelation of what the purpose and plans of God is for our life. We have to stay on task as Jesus did. We have to stay on task as an example from our Lord and Savior. Don't worry about what people are saying. Don't worry about all the other stuff. Pray and fast over that. Allow the Holy Spirit to fight your battles. Allow the angels of God to come and protect you from all of that, but you stay on task because the Bible lets us know that it's sure. It's going to come to pass. Whatever God has promised you, it's going to come to pass. It will, As the Bible says in Habakkuk, it will not prove false. It may look like it's going to prove false, who, people who don't understand it look at it like it's going to prove false. 
you know, you haven't gotten married yet, you don't have a job yet, you don't have a car yet, you don't have any money, and it's been a long time, and ooh, when God's going to bless you, and oh my goodness this, and oh my that, but they don't understand. You don't go home to them. You don't have to explain to them. You don't have to answer to them. Only to God. If you want them to understand, send the Holy Spirit to them and say, Holy Spirit, go over there and explain this to them because I can. They're not going to listen to me anyway, so I I need to stay focused on what God has promised me. And I'm working towards that promise. I'm not working towards the negativity that surrounds me. It will not prove false. It will not. We thank God for you. Caller from 352-215. If you have a prayer request, please let me know and we can pray before we go off the air today. I thank God for his revelations over your life and what he has planned for you this week. I thank God because what he has spoken to you, it is for you. And nobody can take that away from you. And even though you cried out to God and you don't understand why, He's saying to you today, caller, that I want to reveal to you your purpose. That if you sing for the glory of God, and he says, I'm going to anoint your voice, but but you don't see it, you don't get it, you don't understand it. He's saying, let me show you how. If you pray, and you pray, and you're waiting for answers, they're there. He's answered you. He just needs you to trust him. So we thank God for you today. Man, and did you want to say anything today, caller? I'm sorry, I have you on the air. Did you want to say anything? Okay, I guess not. As I said, we thank God for you and continue to seek the face of God for his promises for your life and hold on to everything that he said to you because truly it will come to pass. No matter how much you cry that it's not, no matter how much you say, God, why? No matter how much you say, God, I don't see it. When I look around, I just don't see it, God, and you're, you're saying to God, I, I, he's saying, but why are you doubting what I've told you? Why are you not holding on to the promises that I have for your life? And you have to release it back over to him. You have to say, God, forgive me for doubting. Forgive me for being distracted. Forgive me, oh God, for just not fighting for my promise. We fight for jobs. We we are determined to get a car. We try everything we can to buy a home. But when it comes to the promises of God that are bigger than we could imagine for for our lives, we are afraid to fight because it looks bigger than what we are. But if you can take a slingshot and a rock and just kill a giant, surely the Holy Spirit that dwells within us right now who has all power, And Jesus, who has all power, surely we can defeat whatever it is that's hindering us from getting to our blessing. Surely we can defeat whatever it is that's holding us back. So we thank God and we give him praise right now. Lord, we love you and we magnify you. We thank you, O God, because of who you are in our lives, God. We thank you, we thank you, Lord, and we know that if anyone has any prayer requests, and we thank those who did come and go to destinytalkshow at yahoo.com and make sure that they just drop a line and let me know that they're encouraged or that they need someone to talk to, God, because we know that we're here to do a work for you. Not my will, God, but that thine be done. Not my words, God, but that your words be spoken over your people. I'm just a vessel, God, never to take your glory, God, but to always bow down to who you are in my life. Because, God, I need you just as much as anybody else do, and I seek your face daily just as much, and I have to trust 
just as much. Oh, God, we thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Have a great day.